This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here today with my co-host, Alan Peterson, the Executive Director for the Compassionate Friends. Hi, Alan. How are you today, Heidi? Thank you for uh, letting me be the guest co-host for some radio shows um, uh, while your mom is out and about around the world, as they say, uh, Gloria. Um, I love doing these shows together. We've worked a lot together. We get to cover a lot of interesting topics. And today, uh, you know, talking about struggling with faith and grief, uh, our guest is, uh, that's a a good topic. It's a topic that um, we probably don't talk about enough in the grief world. Uh, You know, the one thing that's interesting, Heidi, is you and I both know that when people look at grief, they often don't look at the, you know, the way that it, it, it encapsulates us, but it does affect us mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And, but we don't always talk about all those aspects. So today we're going to cover that uh, with, uh, with our guests, and I think that's going to be an interesting topic, don't you? I agree with you, Ellen. I mean, I love the fact that we're doing this show um, with our guest Jason Jones because Jason is very candid. And like you said, people don't want to say anything about, okay, their belief system after a loss. And, you know, oftentimes we're mad at God. We're pissed off that our lives look the way they do. I know I was really angry, and that's a normal thing, but people aren't talking about it, and they're not discussing it, and they're not being real about it. And that's or they're why... being shamed about it, and I think exactly. those are some of the questions we're going to, you know, talk to him about. They're gonna... People often get shamed for what they do do believe or don't believe. So uh, I'm looking forward. Why don't you introduce our guest, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll tackle this topic. Okay, I'd love to. Our guest today is Jason Jones. After the accidental death of his three-year-old son, Jacob, in 2011, Jason Jones went on a long, painful journey to make sense of how God could have let this happen to his son and their family. He struggled intensely with his faith, faith after everything he thought about God disintegrated. He is the author of the book, Limping But Blessed. Welcome to the show, Jason. Welcome, Jason. Thank you. I appreciate it. Good to be here. So, Jason, can you tell us a little bit about Jacob and what brought you to write the book? Uh, Well, Jacob is a three-year-old son who passed away in 2011, um, he actually passed away on a Sunday after we came home from church. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and I came home together, and I laid him down for a nap. And when when <clears throat> he was laying down, I went and laid down and fell asleep. And um, while I was asleep, he went outside without any of us knowing it and got into our family SUV and couldn't get out. And it was the middle of June in Texas, and... By the time my wife and I found him, it it was too late. So that's uh, six years now. And a couple of years ago, well, you know, 
after that, you know, we we both went through our our, uh, our, our own grief. Um, but one thing that was sort of compounded during my time of trying to grieve it, and still is, I still struggle with all of it, obviously, but <clears throat> was was trying to understand uh, reality and the experience that we are living through with the beliefs that I had beforehand about how God worked in the world. And, you know, I grew up uh, uh, in a Baptist uh, upbringing in Texas and, you know, God, we, we, we have him kind of figured out and <laughs> right. at least we think we do have, we kind yeah. of put them in a box and this is the way God works. And, and it, it didn't make sense with the way that Jacob passed away. It was a, the whole thing was a total accident. There was no, you know, in, in some of our suffering experiences, people will put meaning to them and kind of find a silver lining and, and kind of say, well, God had a plan for this, or this is why this happened. And, you know, that did not make any sense to me after what happened to Jacob. There's no good reason that my three-year-old son would die and, and die in the way that he did. And it was just, it was just, it was just, and, and that's understandable. It's hard to hear those kind of things like, you know, um, euphemisms that people use early on it's it's very difficult at least you know things anything that starts with at least is very irritating also and like you said it was just a freak weird thing that happened he's three years old he gets in the SEV all that is very normal and uh you know it's hot and you know it's just a it was a weird freak accident and good things happen to bad people I mean bad things happen to good people and freak accidents happen and it's it's like you said jason we almost you know you're a good guy you go to church you pay your bills you raise your family you just think that okay things like this aren't going to happen to us right yeah, jacob i i mean jason i i, I did that in the, our last program too uh, one thing about bereaved parents we call each other our kids names right. but i'm just thinking about your son jacob and i'm, I'm so sorry for your loss and uh, you and I are, are on very similar planes. I grew up uh, in the Baptist Church as well, and I went through much of what you're talking about. And one of the things why I think this subject is so important is because you said it um, very uh, succinctly, what you just said is we kind of have a, na- a naive, when we grow up like that, thing that, yes, that, you know, God is in control and that things are going to happen in a certain order. And I think when something like the death of, of Jacob for you and the death of Ashley for me, it throws that all out of kilter. And so mm-hmm. we try to reconcile faith, um, you know, with grief. And we find that people around us in the church spiritualize grief, which, mm-hmm. which is not helpful. You know, I do a lot of workshops for ministers and chaplains and people on how they can help families who've lost a child. And one of the things that I tell them is spiritualizing the loss is not helpful to them. But but showing up at their front door and saying, we are here to hurt with you does. Can you talk a little bit about how you began to, because 
you know, for us, we have to set, put grief over here and put our faith over here for a time, and eventually we can bring them back together. But can you talk a little bit about the journey from just being so angry at God and working through what you had to work through to somehow get to the place of where you are today? What was that journey like? Well, one of the things that I did um, is kind of, is really start over with uh, faith and kind of just say, okay, because I got to the point where I was so angry that I didn't want to have anything to do with God, but I didn't want to throw faith out the window totally. So I kind of started, I wrote letters to theologians that I respected or that had uh, had experienced the death of a child. Uh, for example, Nicholas Wolterstorff, he actually um, wrote me back, and we had several. He, he wrote, I guess, Lament for a Son, which most right. many grieving parents know. And some other folks that, you know, I know we're still holding on to faith in some way, um, but had gone through the same experience. And I wanted to, <laughs> I hope that they all had some magic answer that, that made totally, you know, total perfect sense. But what I found over and over again with those folks was that <clears throat> there wasn't going to be any really good answer. And I, I really appreciated and felt at peace with the ones who just wrote back and said, you know, there's not going to be an answer specifically to your why question, but uh, there are ways to still carry on with faith and, and maybe think about, um, you know, your theology in a different way or the way that God is working in the world Um and honestly, it also had to do with a lot of therapy. I went to a therapist for almost three years straight and and really talked through my anger and bitterness and kind of what, and a lot of shame and guilt obviously wrapped around what happened And because I was at home. I was the only one at home when it happened. And... Um, it was just a lot of, uh, like the subtitle is wrestling with God. And that, that's what it, that's what, where it kind of led me through it. It was not easy. It is obviously very painful. And I would say that I'm, I, I still don't feel like I have everything figured out, but I, I do believe and through the process of writing the book kind of found at least a little more peace with faith, not feeling like, not feeling like there was some answer out there that I had to go find, but rather just kind of, uh, relax is not the right word, but that's the only word coming up to mind, but to, to try to just be with where my faith was at instead of feeling kind of frantic to, to find something that was out there that I wanted to find. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, what you're saying is validating for a lot of people. And um, I think those of us that grow up in the church 
Um, you know, we, we kind of have a mentality, like you said, and that when we're mad at God or we can't square, you know, our faith with our grief, then we, we have guilt that we're mad at God, and, mm-hmm. but then we're separated from God, but then there's this part of us that says, but, but, I, but I can't live a life, you know, that's void of God. And it, it is a difficult struggle, and what you're saying, I think, is so validating. You know, I, I kind of joke with people, uh, because when, when we grow up Baptist, you know, we kind of grow up that, hey, we're, we've, got, we've got it all figured out, and nobody else has it figured out. But, mm-hmm. you know, for myself, one of the things that unlocked for me, it was the book when bad things happen to good people, and mm-hmm. and I don't know why. One day I was, you know, I read the book and I just thought, you know, okay, well maybe his his thing about free will is true. You know, Ashley had the right to, you know, be in that car and be driving at that time, and and mm-hmm. maybe God doesn't intervene in these different things. But you know, I I, I jokingly say, you know, a Jewish rabbi. Here I am, a Baptist boy, but the words of a Jewish rabbi kind of opened my mind, but I agree with you. I think it's important to tell people who are grieving that we don't get necessarily, we are not may not get all the answers in this life, mm-hmm. and that's okay. So, so Alan and Jason, yeah. I have a question for both of you. Sure. What if I'm listening right now, and I'm really angry with God because my child has died or my sibling has died, and everybody keeps telling me not to be angry with God because it's not God's fault? But I am angry. What would you yeah, say? Take that? it away, Jason. Well, <laughs> if it was me, I would tell him to be angry. Okay. I mean, that, that's the first. I, I wouldn't tell somebody to stop feeling the way that they feel, especially in their grief. Um, you know, the the to me, that is, that is a very rational thing to be doing. If, and, and the way that I explain it to people still is, and this, forgive my kind of churchy talk, but, you know, the relationship, if I have a relationship with somebody and they act a way that that I feel harms me, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be ticked off. Right. And that's, an authentic feeling and a very rational way to be reacting to, 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 uh, within a relationship. So I, I would tell them be angry, feel the way that you want to feel. I think that that's a healthy thing to be doing. Um, you're still, that's still a, a faithful thing to be doing. Yeah, well, that, that's so, good. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's I. What you're saying is, I mean, that really is a message that that the world, the grieving world, needs to hear is that um, because I, I will tell you, and Jason, and, and you've probably met a lot of people through through your book, and Heidi, I know you have as well. But some of the most um, sideways in their grief people that I've met have been people. From the church because they couldn't square the two. They either got so angry at God and so disappointed that they ran so far away that that they were miserable, or they were in just in denial and didn't want to face it. And you know they were like, you know, 
my faith's going to get me through, my faith's going to get me through. And I, I, I use the analogy with people, you know, if your knee was blown out and you needed knee surgery, you know, you wouldn't sit over there and say, you know what, you know, God's going to get me through this. This is part of God. You'd go see the surgeon. You would deal with the knee problem. Right. And grief is that same way. And I think when uh, in the faith world, and, and, and we're making inroads, when we can get people to understand that grief is real, it, it needs to be processed. It's a very real thing happening to you, an assault to your system that needs to be dealt with. Uh, and and that you feel the freedom and validation that Jason just mentioned to feel everything because only when you feel everything can you come back and kind of start putting the pieces together of where your faith fits in. Wow. Uh, do you agree with that, Jason? Absolutely. And that kind of moves I, into my next question for Jason. You wrote a book called Limping But Blessed. A lot why, of why do you feel like you're blessed? Well, I think that I think that it's still possible to live a good life. I can tell you for the first few years I didn't know if it was gonna be possible. Especially early in grief, I didn't even want to. I didn't want to live. Um but after time, after processing it and uh being, you know, several years out, you start to realize that it is possible to continue to live a good life. You're limping, you know, you're you're definitely wounded by the pain and the death of a child, but it doesn't have to destroy your life. There there are plenty of other good things that that make life worth living and people and there's plenty of people who love you know have two wonderful daughters a, a wonderful wife a supportive family and friends that that i want to live for and that that care for us so i, I love this it, jason it, and and you say in your book you don't have to move mountains just pick up a pebble what did you mean by that well that is is referencing and people who are, <clears throat> I think that was part of the book where I was speaking to, to folks who are, who are wanting to help grieving parents. Mm -hmm. And, and instead of people feeling like they have to do, to fix things and to, to, to really make this, to do something really big that's just going to change someone's sadness around you, you really just have to do very small things. And going back to what you said earlier, Alan, at the end of the day, pastors, clergy, friends, family, the most helpful thing that for us was just people that showed up. You didn't have to do yeah. that thing. Just sit next to me. And I never forgot it. I'll never forget it. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of your... Uh... Your your little Jacob right here, and what a, what a beautiful young man! You, you've got a powerful story, and you know we have, we are so blessed on this show um, to have powerful guests like yourself. So what? So Jason, just again, somebody's listening out there. They're new in grief, 
and uh, maybe maybe they don't even have faith. Maybe they've never been connected to faith, or maybe they're angry at God. What are a couple things that you would recommend, things that might offer hope to somebody who's hurting today and, and, and can't see how they're going to make it through the death of, of their, their child or their loved one, their brother, their sister, their grandchild? What would you say to them that uh, would inspire them and maybe offer them some hope? Well, the first thing I would say to them is that I was very sorry. And one of the best things that was the best piece of advice to to us early on in grief was literally just take it one minute, one hour, one day at a time. Don't think about tomorrow. All you have to do is make it today. And that made a huge difference for me because I tend to think into the future and it gets really overwhelming. But if you just think about today, you can do that. Um, the other thing is, again, going back, if, if, if it's related to faith or being angry at God or whatever you want to call it, that that's okay. Know that you're not alone in that and that, that I would definitely encourage you to ask questions, deal with those doubts, and that it's okay to, to have those questions and to be angry at God or whatever you want to call that. That's awesome. And quickly, how can people get your book, Limping But Blessed? Uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's Limping But Blessed, Wrestling With God After the Death of a Child. Awesome. What a great guest. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jason. Um, I know that you're coming up on the six-year anniversary of Jacob's death, and his spirit shines brightly in this world and always will. Thank you for all the work that you're doing. I know he's your guiding light. And thank you for being so candid and honest in this book because you are not only helping, but you're saving many, many lives out there through the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it so much. So on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation and the Compassionate Friends, I want to thank everybody that's listening today and just say, if you've lost hope, please lean on Jason's and mine and Alan's, and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, Others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.